1: 3CR would like to acknowledge the Kulin Nations. True owners, caretakers and custodians of the land from which you broadcast. 3CR pays respect to elders past, present and emerging of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their unceded sovereignty.
0: This is 3CR Breakfast. Oh, Automotive news, analysis That's and current affairs. Monday to Friday, 7am oh, until 830 yeah. 30am. Only double...
2: Your
3: hands. <laughs> Good morning. You're listening to Tuesday Breakfast on 3CR Community Radio with myself Anya, Zoya. Oh my God, I almost forgot your name for a second. <laughs> oh my gosh, Chris in the studio. Welcome everyone. Good morning. I think. St- <laughs> How was the weather? Horrible. Yeah. I read somewhere that yesterday, no, not yesterday, or the 1st of November this year, has been the first 1st of November in recorded history where it hasn't rained.
1: Oh, where it hasn't rained? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, actually, it's fine. November's rainy, and that's what happens. Yeah,
3: but I think the 1st of November has historically been a rainy day.
1: So, climate change. Yeah, this that's is my roundabout this is way, way of, into, of into, into climate change. Yeah. Climate well, is changing.
4: Yesterday well. was the first day ever recorded in like recent history that it didn't rain at all in Australia. Oh,
3: maybe it was yesterday, not the first of November. Sorry, Lisa. No, well
4: maybe maybe yours was correct as well, but maybe like for Melbourne days. or something. Yeah. I don't know. Well, but welcome
1: y- to rain statistics <laughs> yeah. with people who have no idea what they're yeah. talking about. We've <laughs> heard of
4: bomb. <laughs> I kind of get it. I get the whole you know,
1: Basically, precipitation thing. It's raining. It's not raining. Weather's happening, but the weather we want isn't happening. Mm. Yes, that's that's the end. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Should write an article about that. Should do a PhD on that. Yeah. Okay.
3: It's 7.02 a.m. in the morning. It's Tuesday breakfast coming to you live. Got a. Quite a, quite a laid back show today. Yeah,
1: but I think some really, really great stuff as mm. well.
3: That we've wanted to share for a while now, mm. so this is the perfect time. Absolutely.
1: We've been trying to share some recordings that we've got from various places for a while, but the show's always been so busy mm. that we haven't been able to do it. So we're really, really, really excited to be able to share some of that with you. So Coming up at about 7.25 after the news headlines and chat about the news, we have a speech from the first day of Blockade i That's when George and I went down and recorded a whole bunch of the speeches and got some interviews. So this is a speech from a Chilean activist speaking about the importance of thinking globally about, about the climate activist space, um, especially since she says in the speech, um, we are neighbors across the Pacific. It's, Mm. you know, really, really important that we think of ourselves outside of just the country that we're in. Um, Then coming up at 7.45, we have an interview with Felicity Marlowe from Queerspace talking about conversion therapy, because currently there is a public consultation on what legislation should look like in relation to conversion therapy, because as some of you may remember, in February of this year, the Victorian government declared it would be banning conversion therapy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good. Then um, coming up after that, we have... We're playing some excerpts
3: from uh, an incredible panel that happened almost two months ago, Mm. I want to say, about... Um, feminism, law reform um, in the trans community and what that what that looks like for the trans community and how we can achieve reform in those spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited about this because next week we're going to have one of the organisers uh, talking to us about the panel but also about um, Transfeminism in general So it'll be a good segue into next week's interview I think
1: Yeah, it's a nice look forward yeah. And at 8am we have Our new Regular monthly slot Laura, the trade unionist, mm. um, who is going to come in and speak about some of the work strikes that are happening at the moment and just updating about where, where they're all sitting. It sounds like there have been some really cool wins lately. So oh. I'm looking forward to having her in to talk about it. Amazing. But coming up first, we have our news headlines from the delightful Chris, who I just want to... Uh, Zoya the Dobberina mm-hmm. just wants to say <laughs> that Chris came into the studio oh. with snacks and a coffee. And did they have a coffee for us? No. I, did I, they mm. have a coffee for us? That, <laughs> I did that, not, is that is the news headline today. That is. I, <laughs> We're all that, starving here. Starving
3: the news. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not
4: a great intro to the next the actual news headline. Yeah, right, I know. Okay. Uh, well. Six million Australians today are under threat of a catastrophic fire warning. So um six that is that is uh, that is across the entire greater uh, sydney area the greater hunter the illawarra and shoalhaven this is uh, l- large large parts of new south wales it is um the only time that greater sydney has experienced the catastrophic wet since since this was introduced in 2009 mm-hmm. uh it follows massive you know destructive bushfires over the weekend in queensland and new south wales Areas that have not burnt in recent history, uh, devastating, I think, three, three people sadly died, hundreds have been displaced, have been moved, um, hundreds of wildlife, like, it's it's been truly horrific, and it is just the start of the worst. The worst is kind of mm. yet to come. Everyone's bracing. Today is the big one. There was a small reprieve yesterday, but... Uh, today it is, um, yeah, and this is, yeah, six million. So What is that? Like one in four, one in five? That's the whole of Singapore. That's Almost, more than yeah, the whole of Singapore. Office That's office a quarter, office, of, the of, quarter of the population yeah. of Australia. A quarter of the population of Australia is bracing today. So this is, like, this is mammoth, and it mm. is, um, it is also sadly that, you know, and obviously if anyone. I'm not sure if we have many listeners in New South Wales, but if anyone is, please get to the BOM website, uh, the you know, Bureau of Meteorology, or ABC. ABC is vital, mm-hmm. especially ABC Radio on days like this. They. Um, that is immediate. They have all they have all sorts of information. It is quite. I mean, it's quite tragic, but it's quite horrific because not everyone knows where to go on days like this. But mm. um, ABC is, the, is your friend until so bomb. You know? Yeah. Um, wow.
1: I mean, that's that's a real problem, isn't it, when it comes to bushfires in areas where there aren't often bushfires, yeah. or areas like suburban suburban spaces that people think of as cities, but are close enough to to large swathes of nature that. The fires can can get there. Mm. Is that people don't have this established experience about what to do right. in the event of a fire, and that's often when a lot of these a lot of these catastrophic things can happen, right?
4: Absolutely, and it's because it is exactly because these these things are unprecedented. And, and, and when we say unprecedented, we also say that it is the new normal. This is everyone, every bushfire expert, every fire officer everyone in has been warning for this for for years you know and there's a the climate scientists as well but like like last year was mm. unprecedented i think it's like 35 continuous months of weather of temperature increases in australia and this is like wow. this is not it is not new in the way that anyone worth listening to has like not told us about this before but it is new in that it is you know society across australia has not been built for this like it is um yeah noosa was on fire and anyone who's been to noosa knows it's like it's right next to the beach it's like a rainforest you know it is um yeah it is horrific and it is it also ties into uh the next most horrific sorry this is this is gonna get dark but at least this is we have an enemy we can probably fight in this uh the front page of the australian today and I, i swear to god this makes me so mad it is um it is basically uh greens playing with fire and it is a way. It is a way that the Australian and the way of like certain, co- like the entire coalition, uh, certain like a number of conservative Labor MPs. It is a way of them to like muddy the water, throw dust up in the way of Greens' very accurate uh, arguments that climate change is increasing the duration and severity of bushfires. There is no controversy over that. Every single scientist worth listening to will tell you that. But they, um, they've both. Accused Greens, leader Richard Di Natale and every other like a bunch of other Greens politicians, they have accused them of like poor timing. It's the same argument in America when there's a gun, you know, when there's a death mm-hmm. by gunfire. Um, now's not the time. And it's like now is exactly mm-hmm. the time. This is we have not you. Mm-hmm. We need to be prepared for this. We have increased emissions since the coalition came into power 2013 to well from 2014 onwards. Um, but we, and, you know, no one is saying that is the single cause, that Australia is a single cause, but we are contributing, we're doing nothing. Mm. We are only, in, we are still increasing. Yeah. Uh, but the front, the Australian and the friends in the media are basically saying, this is not the time to talk about it. But also, it is the Greens' fault. Like this is—it's a double-tiered argument. It is the Greens' fault because they don't support backburning initiatives. That are meant—that's the real problem here. That's Barnaby Joyce. That's like a few other, you know, horrible, horrible people. And um, it uh, is—it is uh, basically—it's a furphy because a) the Greens are never in power to implement anything like that, and b) the Greens support backburning policies. There is no truth to that, Mm -hmm. and there is no fact-checking in the article like the front page they found a hippie in nimbin to say oh this is the green's fault like just some random person in nimbin like this is the wow, green's fault this is nimbin, nimbin. Oh. and it's like a guy just like it's just a random dude who's like this is the greens have got it coming and then all this like garbage all these things about like people arguing against the greens no fact-checking graham lloyd the australian fucking call call him out this is it is that, um, that is utterly
1: disgraceful yeah. i mean the deputy deputy prime minister the Federal Mm -hmm. Deputy Prime Minister um, Michael McCormack um, said on Monday or yesterday, um, he called the Greens, uh, he called the people who linked climate change to the bushfires disgraceful Mm -hmm. and disgusting. And he said, we've had fires in Australia since time began. And what people need now is sympathy, understanding, help and shelter. They don't need the ravings of some pure, enlightened and woke capital city Greenies at this time. And at one point he called. Um, people who, like, climate change activists or Greens, raiding lunatics. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's just...
4: It's constant. And it's not people in the city. It's the people in the bush. There's a mayor in the middle of New South Wales who are saying this has not happened before. It is absolutely climate change. Yeah. And yeah. it is... It, and, like, this is the stuff we're getting from our elected officials. And the, mm. one of the heads of the coalition's climate policy yesterday accused Bomb of fudging historic data in, you know, to make it look like... We've, we've had more. Uh, there's, there's been a sharper increase. And, like, oh, there's, they're peddling these conspiracy theories, they're throwing mm-hmm. mud in the water. Mm-hmm. It's just, but it is a combination of government, Labour, Joel, Joel Fitzgibbon as well, and the media. So keep an eye out. Oh if you see Lord. bullshit, call it out. Bring these people are on Twitter, journalists. We don't like to talk about it, but we have the thinnest skin imaginable. So mm. honestly, I've I've gotten to the point where I'm like, you, it sucks, but you go, you you need to talk to the journalists as well. Be like, you cannot yeah. be writing this stuff without yeah. fact checking. No fact checking, yeah. it is abysmal.
3: Yeah, and that's I mean, sometimes it's really nice um, to then remember that we have avenues like Twitter because I read a lot um, of commentary from firefighters who talked about how, firstly, they're so underfunded. Uh, there was news of firefighters in New South Wales having to pay out of pocket for missionary used to fight these fires. volunteer firefighters, by the way, using their own money to fund equipment because the government hadn't funded them enough. Um, And secondly, just being like, you know, we're out here at 3 a.m. saving lives while you're sitting in your, you know, castle up there talking about how climate change is not real. And I think that sort of public sentiment has sort of bled out into people's minds generally, which is...
4: I think so, like you this is it is I think most Australians understand the facts of, yeah. kind of science, and it is it mm. is this weird over defensiveness and like the just like constant anger from elements of the government mm. uh because they know they've they've kind of got nothing else like they they're not doing anything um yeah we yeah i mean we mentioned I mentioned earlier, but uh emissions are increasing in Australia. And we're, we're looking, you know, we've, we've rammed through uh, clearance. This week, actually, the New South Wales government was going to try to uh, make it illegal to rule on, like, down-the-line emissions from new coal mines. In a, When environmental assessments are made for new coal mines, uh, they – because recently a coal mine was blocked because people were like, down the line, these emissions will increase, this will tip the world over – that it was cancelled on that re So this week, the New South Wales, the coalition government in New South Wales, was going to ban that because they did not want people blocking new coal mines. Wow. So it is things like that. It is, it is that our current politicians are still supporting. Wow. Um, to change track, I know we've, we've talked about this quite a lot, and, yeah, please, obviously, first and foremost, look after yourselves if you're in those those areas. Um, the, uh, but, yeah, the final, final news headline uh, is Hong Kong. Um, two, two people have been shot yesterday um because protests are increasing since I know we've covered this a while ago that the extradition bill that was was brought down but the these protests have continued largely with like a number of new demands largely in part over police brutality a man died last week that I think it was the first one that could be attributed to police action mm. and um yeah police have been like there's untold examples of police brutality uh the governor has kind of like tried to reject this it's like we're not going to change anything this is you know full support for the cops um but yeah protests are continuing it has been months months and months and months of this um and yet two i I can't comment on the exact on exactly how it happened but two protesters yesterday were shot by a cop um and that is yeah that is probably (laughs) the uh all all the time we have for news headlines
1: are we well there's one last thing to um to bring up um, obviously, as many people are aware, a young 19-year-old man was shot and killed by police um, in Yuendamu last week um, on Saturday night. In the cent- That's Yuendamu, which is a community in the central desert, about 4.5 hours northwest of Alice Springs. Absolutely absolutely horrific horrific act he was in his own house all that had happened was he breached bail mm. and it just just utterly inexcusable and, and horrendous um so there is a national call to action so there's a rally in memory of um Kumanjai walker t- tomorrow wednesday um the family has um tomorrow wednesday at um three o'clock Um, The community is calling for justice, and the family has given permission um, for NITV News to name the victim. Um, Elders are calling for the police to leave the community. Uh, We're all sad here in Yorindamu today. We've lost a beautiful young fellow. We want justice, said Walpuri Elder Ned Hargraves. Um, on Wednesday, so it's on Wednesday the 13th, standing on solidarity with the Welparee community and demanding justice. So the calls are a full independent investigation into what happened to Mr. Walker. No police in move for one year. 24-hour medical staff in move full time. Self-Determination and Culturally Safe Access to Medical Services and People Staffing the Hospitals, YAPA Oversight of the Clinics and Bush Medicine, Cultural Practices and Law, Alternative Approaches to Racist Policing. And that protest is taking place at Melbourne GPO, 350 Burke Street, Melbourne. Um, It's at 5.30 actually, time's changed. It's at 5.30 and they said, please please bring gum leaves. Um, So yeah, 5.30 GPO, Burke Street tomorrow. So that means any of you. It was originally at three. It seems like it's changed. So that those of us, or those of you out there who work until five o'clock in the city, you're able to make it. So it'd be really great to see as many people there as possible because this is just far too many deaths in custody. It is. It is utterly. And this is. This is just such. I think there's. I.
4: Well, I mean, the, the town had uh, police but no medical services. Mm, Isn't that what yeah. was mm. being reported? That this was, mm. you know, it was two hours for them to call in someone. Yeah. And, like, it's yeah. it's a bit small. Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and the stories that you're hearing the family saying about how um, they... And, you know, this is quite in, intense, so if, if, if this is too much for anyone listening, just switch off for about a minute or so, but the family calling you know coming to the police station family and community coming to the police station asking what's happening and they said that we're we're um, seeking medical assistance mm-hmm. so they thought that he was still there's still but possibility that he could still be alive that he would be okay and they waited all night for that mm-hmm. thinking so, with that hope but in reality there was you know it wasn't but the police just they they, they tell a story about the police the police just locking themselves pretty much inside the police station yeah. and not talking to them and that that I that, that that's just so emblematic, so emblematic. Mm. of of the behavior of police and and the reality of what of their purpose mm. I suppose yeah.
3: yeah it's very timely as well that this happened right after the Hong Kong yes and shooting the, as well and just you, you know mean, like a worldwide um, demonstration of police brutality
4: yeah, and I mean what we've not and I mean it's nothing compared to what Indigenous Australians have to face, but like mm. what we saw at the protests the last few weeks of like cops punching people in the back mm. of the head and spraying people who were sitting down, like mm. just this real militarisation of absolutely. people that you, know, you know, like we had Nazis last year. <laughs> they
1: got nothing. Luffy, yeah. I, I tried I was talking to my mum about it all and was explaining to her what happened. She didn't believe me. My mum's in the UK. Have I mentioned I'm British? Um <laughs> Sorry. Um, my mum. Yeah, my mum lives in the UK and I tried to explain to her what was happening and she didn't she didn't believe me until she was looking at the news. Mm. She had to look up the news headlines and she grew up in the UK in the you know, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, living in, lived in the north of England in the 80s and just said this is this is what was happening under Thatcher and the miners. In the 80s, she's, you know, she's like, I can't believe this is actually happening now. Mm. And it is she was full, utterly, uh, utterly shocked.
4: It is. And it, it's like, it, it really, it feels like, obviously, again, I speak as a point of privilege, but it feels like it's really ramped up the last few years. Like, police are just being given so, like, these new powers. It coincided with a new shoot-to-kill powers mm. given to police during times of public emergency or
5: something.
3: And there's a new like, directive by Victoria Police yesterday about body cameras and when it can be switched on and off. Yeah. And they which can we might cover it. in detail next week, but yeah, that came absolutely. out yesterday and it might pass as well. Jesus. So. And
4: Dan Andrews, the, the self-styled, most progressive pe- you know, premier in Australia, he was all for it. He was like, they're doing us proud. Yay, the cops. Yeah. Never mind that there's a couple of white supremacists in there. And we know that confirmed. Like, that is that little symbol that guy flashed. Noted white supremacists. Just Google his Facebook page.
3: On that note, (laughs) I've been talking about a lot of heavy stuff this morning, so, um, you know, yeah, take some time off if you don't want to listen to this sort of stuff for a while. Totally understandable. Um, But if not, stick with us, and we'll be covering more content after this song, which is.
6: Talk, talk, sing about kissing at midnight on the a i think you let's call me to so your bedroom ride. We'll be watching movies all night. Know how to grind and sit by. them roll that shit hard. They they not no makeup on, so it's on my head You look into my eyes. Yeah,
7: I prefer this you instead.
6: You make me. C, uh, bubble C uh bubble Yeah, 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 yeah. You're pretty much my controller. Let me see you, Robot. Haven't seen you in a mini and uh I, I don't like I Didn't know that I was seen on jazz. Rapidy rap, my street tapping sap. Quit when I was eleven to work on my tennis. Now all I do is run from love, and I, I'm get some Galileo, cause all I do is reach for the stars and Mars, uh, and Venus, uh, still the We'll be watching movies all night. you know how to grind and sit by the boat that that's exciting. They like got no makeup on, took up on my head. You look into my eyes, do I for to do instead? You make me feel like a natural woman for money. You make me feel like I have to be more for money. That like I have been to Share with some proper money. You make me feel like Nobody crazy, he's smoking on that purple hazy pick me up at a friend's house, 40 minute drive. stop at McDonald's got a happy meal. Extra pickle to speak up on me torn side yeah. It's my first time. I never kissed a guy like I told his hand and maybe kiss the cheek come for a song, but none of that little lip, shit. Never tell none of that lips at some shit. You reach it through my mind Talk about the universe And how it is said That I want some blue hair Your mom and daddy okay Get all the girl's attention And you blush when I say Yeah, I know And the white girls want your baby And the white girls want your baby Not to be slave. When's the last time You hooked the boy with the fresh face? Have you seen his face lately? You told me how his woman took your place But you forgot all about that And asked me how was my day? Yeah, like that And this is exactly you make me feel you made me feel like a natural woman for funny. You made me feel like I have some.
0: love our 3CR Radical Radio
8: t-shirts and so do we they're 100% cotton and Australian made and you can get one for just $30. They come in black dark grey and a cool
0: light grey. To nab one of these beauties drop into the station at 21 Smith Street
9: or order by phoning 9419-8377. or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au shop come on, you know you want one
1: You're listening to Tuesday breakfast on Three C R. The time is seven twenty five. You were just listening to Natural Woman by a three C R favourite, Kite. Um whose name I can never remember how to pronounce it. is it Kite or Kate? I don't know or, or I don't know. Anyway, it was K A I I T and <laughs> this is the monologues with Zoya. Um <laughs> coming up now we have some more uh Recordings that George and I made at Blockade IMARC on Tuesday. This is a speech made by a Chilean climate Activist whose name was given to the organizer as Valentina Amigo, but she uses a different name in the speech So I'm not entirely certain, but you'll you'll hear both names want
5: to some of that energy? We need some education on the pots and pans and the banging of them and all the rest of it um, and here to tell us about the incredible struggles happening in Chile at the moment is Valentina Amigo from the Chilean community.
2: Please make her welcome. Hi, uh, hello everyone. Sorry for my English. But we're here gathered today to represent our country,
9: our Chilean uh, Well, thank you very much for the space, first of all. Uh, this is very important and meaningful for us. Uh, some of you may have seen us in Federation Square and other places as well manifesting and sharing the message of what's going on here in Chile, which is connected directly to this. Okay, so Chile has been an example of privatization, it's the most privatized country in the world since the dictatorship that was equipped, as you know, in the 1970s, uh, done by Pinochet, but led by the CIA and the United States government. Well, they used Chile as the main experiment of neoliberalism, and that's what we've been doing here for the rest of the world, we have been the best example of liberalism. Unfortunately, the uh, dictatorship was taking a nap and he just woke up right away, right? Because of this, after so many democratic governments, as they were called, uh, during all these years and having a constitution from the dictator, Chile became even more private. Our ocean is private. It's the only country in the world with a private ocean. That is how privatized we are. Again, they have nationalized copper for us. Pinochet, the rest of the governments that came, they all kept it private. They have been selling it at a very cheap price to big companies. Not only mining has affected this, but other similar companies, I mean, we have no water now. we run out of water. We're being, we're being extremely affected by climate change right now because they have been stealing all of our resources. With the struggles that we're carrying today, this is not only about politics, this is not only about what, the violation against human rights that is going on right now, at this moment. They're shooting at Chileans right now. Not only because of their human rights, but also because of our resources. Because we don't have any of them, and we have to pay so much for everything. Our country is starving. We're buying food on credit. We can't afford a living. So these mining companies have taken advantage of all of this. Like these people are the main responsible of this crisis that we're suffering today, and affecting every single one of us. That's why we're so convinced, and we're all together fighting in the streets. Yesterday, there were over a million people, only in the city of Santiago. Protesting and marching. Not only the Chilean people today, the Mapuche people, they have been fighting for this, the colonization. They are the true people from there, the territory of Guamapu. That's what it's called. These are the Mapuche. They have been fighting for our natural resources since forever. They have been the only Original, Aboriginal people who have never surrendered, they have been struggling forever. During all these years, they have never been defeated. And they still stand here. We want our resources back, we want them nationalized. We just ask for what is right, to have a decent lifestyle, to have a decent living. Just the decent, just the bare minimum. Today, we see that they the change the coming It's just the same. Now the UN is visiting Chile and our government because it's more like a dictatorship they're pretending that nothing is happening and they're manipulating the media also to overseas I watch news from here saying that the people are just protesting because of transport that's that's not true that's not true you know this is much more than that we're fighting for everything our constitution, our human rights and our resources, most of all. There are people who have been killed. Magarena Valdez, Alejandro Castro, those are some of our in their environment activists. Juan Pablo Jimenez as well. They have been killed by the government because they have been fighting for, against climate change. They have been fighting for our nature, for our planet. We ask you, as our neighbors, in the Pacific, right? Uh, from the other side of the ocean, as humans, as brothers and sisters, as comrades, we ask you to support us, to share this message, to join us to our activities, and to give visibility to this. We ask you to talk to your local authorities, to ask for support, to create some international pressure to the Chilean government. No more No more killing, no more murder. Our police is shooting at anyone. They're shooting at us. They're torturing people because we're fighting for this. And we're a global community today. We're all together in this. They manipulate the news here because they don't want you to do the same. That's the thing. Here you live great, right? Like, oh, that's money in Australia. That's why there are so many. Economical immigrants, like us, here, we can't afford a link, so we come to Australia, right, there's such a great lifestyle here, but we have been observing that so many people are because there are similar things going on here, and in so many other countries, Lebanon as well, Ukraine, everywhere, Ecuador, everywhere, Hong Kong as well, we're all in this together, we're all one big community, so... What well, we ask you is for your support, to share this message, which is the, the truth, you, know? you can see us here, us, we are the Chilean people. Woo-hoo! And I know you support us because you're here gathered today against these people. They just take everything as they want, just for themselves. They just gather wealth for themselves. They don't care about killing and destroying our whole planet. They will do it if they could. If they could be kings of the ashes, they would. So talk to your local authorities. We also ask the authorities that are already here, members of parliament, whoever you can talk to. Please uh, talk to us. You can find us on Facebook. My name is Valentina Soe. Valentina Soe. You can also talk to, well, come and approach to us. Uh, Please, we need your support. We need to do this now. Right now in Chile they're violating human rights and are destroying the earth. Thank you very much. Viva Chile!
0: On the 28th of November at 12pm, environment groups and communities from across Victoria will peacefully rally together at Parliament to call for urgent action for our natural world. After five years of the Andrews government, nature deserves more, especially in the face of climate change. Victorians need new and better funded national parks, stronger nature laws and better protection for our threatened forests, rivers, beaches, oceans and native plants and animals. We need real action for our natural places and wildlife now. Join in the Nature for Life rally. Bring a sign to highlight the natural places you love that deserve better protection. See you on Parliament Steps, Thursday, 28th of November at 12pm. Look for Nature for Life rally on Facebook and visit Victoria National Parks Association website vnpa.org.au forward slash rally. The npa
1: is a 3CR supporter. You're listening to Tuesday Breakfast on 3CR. The time is 7.36. Just then we were... Listening to a speech from a Chilean environmental activist at Blockade iMark talking about the importance of taking a global perspective when it comes to environmental activism because this is an issue that faces absolutely all of us and there are so many similarities all around the world. I mean, she was speaking about police brutality and, you know, government, government, um, action towards protesters and So many, so many similarities going on there. So I think it's really important that we that we think from that global global perspective, which obviously we all we all do. And now I thought we would have a bit of a chat about um, Q&A last week. So, Anya, you I I went to bed early. This is shameful. I went to bed early on Monday and I missed Q&A last week and I was going to watch it this week but I was thwarted by the ABC. (laughs) So basically what happened for anyone who isn't out, who hasn't, who hasn't heard what's been happening on Monday last week, there was a special Q and a panel that was all women, um, and uh, non-binary people. and non-binary people. Apologies, yeah. yes, and non-binary people. It's so shameful as a non-binary person when I forget <laughs> about the whole non-binary thing. I'm like, oh my god, I'm a traitor to my to my kind. Um, so it was an all non-male panel, basically, mm-hmm. much like Tuesday Breakfast Every Day, uh, chaired by, uh, moderated by Frank Kelly, um, in kind of connection with the Broadside Festival that took place this last week. And it was from Anya's reporting, a pretty good to me (laughs) while I was asleep, a really, really interesting panel that touched on a lot of issues, including all the things that we talk about, Mm. prison abolition, um, issues with the police, uh, just patriarchy in general, all of that kind of thing. But one of the panelists was uh, Egyptian-American journalist and writer Mona El-Tahawi, and there were a number of complaints that were made to the ABC About some of the things that she said, including what was deemed to be, or or was what the complainants said, was um, violent language towards men. Mm. As a result of that, the ABC has decided to investigate the episode. And as part of that investigation, the episode was taken down.
4: Only off uh, iView, we should say as well. It it is still available on like the website, like the Q&A. Like part of the just general ABC, I think. Oh, is it? Yes. So I oh, wanted well, to say you can you can still watch it. I'm oh, pretty sure. Oh,
1: that's good. You can still watch it. Yes. Fantastic. I And to YouTube as well, from what I. Can and yeah. and YouTube. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Great. Great. Thank but you. Yes, Thank you, is. internet, for yeah. saving the day. In there, mm. Mm. nothing ever truly being off the internet.
4: Yes. But it is definitely suppression to take it off iView. Like mm. mm. that's deliberate. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it was taken off iView and. I just thought we'd have a bit of a chat about what we think about this.
3: What do we think about this? Well, I thought it was one of the best panels I've ever watched. And I've stopped watching Q&A for a long time now because they invited absolutely ridiculous characters onto the panel. Including people like Lyle Shelton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really we don't need to
1: hear Ron. from Fred him. Nile, Malcolm Fraser. Yeah. yeah.
3: You know, these people just I mean, I'm not interested like Fraser in, their, in their views. Sorry, yeah,
4: I was like Malcolm Fraser's. Malcolm pretty Fraser. Good. I mean Fraser uh, Anning. Uh, yeah, no. Fraser
3: yeah. Anning was on the show. Wow, great. Like, yeah. Pretty
1: he sure was, he
4: was. I'm not sure if he was on Q and A, but he was definitely like I mean that that in they've four corners had Steve Bannon. Like yeah. they've definitely apologies yeah. Yeah. Right. if I'm wrong.
1: People yeah, oh, wait, sorry, I cut across you, Anya, continue.
3: I mean, the point is, you know, there are people on TV who use fear-mongering language um, who actually call or incite violence against minorities. And, um, you know, I, I'm thinking about the panel where we debated the um, whether gay people should be able to get married, uh, w- whether or not their lifestyle was natural, and that was perfectly okay to go ahead. But the one time we have a panel of very strong independent feminist thinkers Talking about concepts like prison abolition, I mean, just because Naikikori mentioned prison abolition doesn't mean that prisons are being abolished now. In fact, you know, we just talked about that 19-year-old man being shot by police. And that's still happening, and it will continue to happen until we dismantle the castral state and colonialism and all of that. But the mere fact that they brought up prison abolition has... Sent people off in a in a spin, yeah. More and
4: more national attention about this than than the murder. Than the than actual you know, murder. Than an actual murder.
3: Yeah. And Mona El-Tahawi, Firstly, she was responding to a question from an audience member about the use of uh, assertiveness versus violence, and she was sharing a very personal story about being assaulted and her, you know, turning around and attacking the assaulter for um, attacking her and. Somehow that has spun out into this huge, uh, disingenuous um, sort of claim that she has called for violence, which is not what she really did. Anyone who was listening to that show would, would agree with me. Um, but also the reality of that is, you know, since that show aired, more women have died. That's the reality in Australia. Two women mm. a week are being killed. What about men? I don't, I don't hear anything about men. And all this, you know, uproar about that is just... It's baffling. But also, I think Clementine Ford um, wrote an article about it, which came out maybe two days ago, and she talks about how when men talk about violence as a means of protecting their family, for example, you know, you hear these sorts of romanticized versions of, um, you know, I'm going to kill that person if he ever attacks my daughter or whatever. You know, that sort of violence is somehow okay. But when the reality of women being murdered and killed every day is brought up and someone says, Something along the lines of maybe we should think about violence against men. It's
4: yeah. Well, it's like I mean, years ago Tony Abbott threatened to shirt front Putin as like a like, mm. oh, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna shirt front him. Mm. It's kind of like a jokey kind of thing, but and that's that's like a politician doing it to another politician, and that yeah. that got some like oh that was a weird thing to say, mm. like some eye rolls. But this is a woman talking about self defence yeah, against okay. a, a gender that is yeah. predominantly you know the cause of violence against yeah. them. It's um that gets a you know a Q and A interview, a uh, not yeah. interview uh, inquiry.
1: And, and, that, and that
3: came from a place of knowing that the racial, um the justice system wasn't going to do anything to her attacker. You know, he was never going to go to jail, um and the only sort of power she had in that moment was to punch him back. And then she talks about, um. I think in, in her book, but also generally she talks about the sort of deep depression she fell into after the assault and all the recovery and the healing that you know she had to go through that he will never have to go through, really. Mm. Um, and she had to do it because the system is set up to fail women like her. Mm. And the moment she raises that and says that she felt good about punching him back, men were frightened. That's mm. fragile masculinity and, action. And
1: let's not forget as well that this is... Um, a woman of colour speaking. Mm. And, you know, if we if we think in the context, of, say, Ruby Hamad's book, mm. or, you know, White Tears, Brown Scars, when she talks about, and that's obviously, she speaks more about the relationship between white women and women of colour, but it's still very, very relevant mm. that, you know, women of colour, especially, like, say, Arab women, being held up as these aggressive people. Mm. And, you know, Naik Ugari, who, you know, isn't a woman, but is feminized and misgendered constantly in the Mm. press. When I was researching, looking at this, the number of times that they were referred to by the wrong pronouns. So Mm. perceived as a woman and a woman of color, Mm. um, or at least a non-male person of color. Mm. And the the fear that the minute a person of color and a woman of color stands up for themselves, And refuses to be subjected to violence and refuses to allow that to just be part of the narrative. And it's this immediately
3: put back on them. There was a lot of claims, um, of Mona not doing enough for her own kind or for her own um, race or, you know, Muslim women being the most suppressed. What are you doing for them? And it's like, well, yes. you know, she spent her whole life talking about this. Her first book, Hijabs and Hymans, is about this. You know, and it's all these people who don't do the research, and just throw out accusations. And now the ABC obviously has, yeah. has had to respond to that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just speaking about the ABC and um, its policies, because I know some people may be wondering, why is it that, say, this program is being investigated while other programs haven't been investigated? And I had a look at the um, ABC complaint handling procedures that is available on their website um, as a PDF. And it says um, the ABC will apply the following criteria in determining proportionate complaint handling Seriousness of the matter, likelihood of harm, potential to mislead, proximity of person raising the matter to the substance of the matter, scale of audience response, and degree of risk of damage to public trust and confidence in the ABC. But that is something then that the complaints handling area mm-hmm. of the ABC determine whether or not. So it's very, very open to interpretation.
4: Do we, do we know what the the ratio is? Like, I, I genuinely don't do, like to what. Like, is this normal for, you know... Or
1: the, or the number of the film of inqu- the inquiry yes, yeah. okay, well, did it, this to it to seems that it. I mean I tried to find out how many Q&A episodes good, have been yeah. investigated and the only one I can find that I think was taken down at any point was one in 2015 mm-hmm. where there was a question asked by someone that was related to terrorism that was deemed to be potentially mm-hmm. rather inflammatory okay. and so as a result that was taken down and investigated but I in my memory can't think of anything else mm. but perhaps we need to go back and and have yeah. a look if we can find some more. I mean but, I, yeah. I,
4: I am happy to be corrected if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure that one with Lyle, Lyle Shelton where he compared uh, the rise of queer rights to the rise of Nazism uh, and he defended that um he mm-hmm. I I don't believe that that no. would have caused yeah. the inquiry that is now that would be like oh it's just a risky comment yeah yeah
1: absolutely case. and I, I don't think there's not even a set number of complaints that need to come through mm-hmm. so right. i think it's absolutely the fear of media and government backlash because mm-hmm. obviously we have to remember that the ABC is a body established by the government and funded by the government. Mm-hmm. So um, there's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of interactions there. And they're yeah. also
4: just under constant funding cuts. over The mm-hmm. last, like, since Tony Abbott came yeah. in, uh, mm-hmm. every, like, every year they've, like, they are constantly under threat of being yep. just, like, they're at the coalition's back at the moment, really.
3: Yeah. And that's really concerning because I think ABC really took a chance on putting this panel on... She yeah. Um. And they got a lot of backlash for being too lefty and too um, uh, aggressive, and you know, it makes me wonder if they'll ever do this again. Yeah. Although really, um, it w- it really was one of the best panels I've ever.
4: Well, that's the thing. Everyone, and again, I know I'm in a quote unquote bubble, but everyone loved that episode. Everyone on Twitter yeah. was like, "This is the first time I'll tune in for years." Yeah. And listeners,
3: mm. you know, three CR listeners would have heard us talking about prison abolition all the time, as um, Ian Actually said, uh, but for a mainstream audience, this was the first time anyone had ever heard of that. And Absolutely. of course, it was scary. Yeah. You know, prison yeah. abolition as a concept yeah. is, is quite scary for a lot yeah. of people. But then to be so up uh, in arms about an institution that has done nothing but brutalise people for ages, mm, yeah. um, just really goes to show what this country. Things mm. and is based on. Do you know
1: what I thought was really, really great? And I think we need to um, wrap it up soon, I'm, I'm afraid. But what I thought was really, really great was I was speaking to people after the panel who mm. had never come across prison abolition as a concept, mm. who are sort of, you know, quote unquote, sort of moderate Australians who, you know, they'll probably vote Labour, they'll probably vote Greens, but they don't really engage with the subject matter. Mm. And they were sort of speaking about Naika and going, going Oh, they were just they said some very interesting things about prisons and police and mm. and i thought that was really. It made. I'd never really thought about it before, but it made so much sense. And it's engaging fantastic. with it so deeply, and not just yeah. batting it away. And that's the purpose of a body like the ABC. It's to raise a variety of voices to get us really thinking and talking. Mm. Like when and it's at
4: its best, Q and A does that. Like it. Yeah. It allows that conversation. Yeah. And yeah. that's like that's terrific. Yeah. They should be applauded. Really. Like yeah. like more more panels like this. Maybe not. Yeah. But like. But good, Q&A on you should your do more good on ABC. Good on you ABC. Three but three three you don't but do this investigation. <laughs> (laughs)
1: Good on you, but also boo.
4: Yeah, like last, the week before last, they should be. Much
1: like the ABC, we're being fair and balanced. Good on you, but boo. But (laughs) boo.
0: Tune in, dig deep, and clean up by purchasing some fantastic discounted gardening
3: books from 3CR's online garden store. We have books on water wise gardening, organic vegetables, roses, climbers, and creepers, and even clematis. It's easy. Just go to our website, 3cr.org.au, and follow the links on the front page. Don't have internet access? Call the station during business hours between 9 and 5, and we'll post out a catalogue in the mail. All proceeds help keep Melbourne's favourite gardening show on air for another year. Tune in 7.30am every Sunday morning.
10: Yo, remember yo. back on the bully when cats used to harm and I was yeah. like,
7: yeah. Yo.
10: yo, yo, my men and my women, don't forget about the thing, this is not the most the king, yo, it's about a thing, uh, yo, real, real good yo. Good way. On you again. Uh, Remember when he told you he was about to uh, bend your man yeah. You act like you ain't him, they give him a little trim uh, began Now you think you really gon' pretend uh, like you wasn't down and you called him again. Plus uh, when uh, you give it up so easy you ain't even fooling him. Uh, if you did it then uh, then you probably uh, uh, talking out your next and you're a Christian. Uh, I must sleeping uh, with the gen. Now that was the sin that the Jezebel uh, 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 Who you call down when the repercussions is uh, Showing off your ass because you thinking it's a train girlfriend Minimum. Minimum. you still defendin' on now, more is only human, Minimum. don't think I haven't been through the same predicament. man, the city's your head like a million women in Philly pen, and silly when girls sell their so souls because of it's sad, look at where you be in, hair weaves like Minimum.
7: Europeans, fake nails up our Koreans.
10: And this Tim's and his women, him and his men. Come in the club, I can Don't care who they can fan pop yeah, you right, yeah. let's stop pretend. The one pack, pissed out by the waistman, crissed out by the casement. Still, the name of his basement, some pretty basement. Claiming that they did a bit, man. Need to take care of their three and four kids. In the face and court case, when the child a poor
1: Good morning. You are listening to Tuesday Breakfast on 3CR 855 AM and 3CR.org.au. That was Do What by Lauren Hill. I mean, if you didn't know that it was Do What by Lauren Hill, I I mean, there's judgment coming out of the you right now. No, we're a very open and caring family here at 3CR, but, but, but learn your Lauren Hill. (laughs) Up now, we have an interview with Felicity Marlowe from Queerspace. This is our usual monthly Queerspace interview. We've had Felicity on the show before. Good morning, Felicity. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Um, Just quickly, what is your role in Queerspace?
8: So at Queerspace, I run education and training and consultancy, so supporting organisations to be more LGBTIQ plus inclusive in their practice and just helping them with things like policies, staff training training, looking at sort of intake processes, that kind of thing. And we do quite a bit of training also with parents and carers of LGBTIQ young people. That's a great job. I want your job, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: But you're not here to talk about that. You're actually here to talk
8: about conversion therapy. And just briefly, what is conversion therapy? Well, the first thing I'm going to just point out is that I'm here to talk about conversion practices. Conversion practices. <laughs> I know the word therapy is a it? Really like that's just, no. problematic issue because it has been called therapy for such a long time, which infers that it's a therapeutic process. And from talking to survivors of conversion practices, Um, and some meet through the BRAVE network, some meet through other survivor networks in Melbourne and and nationally, they really want to make sure that the rest of us who have not undergone this process understand that it wasn't therapeutic Mm. in nature and that actually it's a practice that's often put... Um, to people in small kind of home environments, maybe a prayer circle, maybe a sort of group connected to a faith community, but not necessarily through medical or psychological services. That sort of has died out a little bit over the last sort of decade or so. Mm. And instead, it's sort of um, more something where someone might say, Look, come to my house and we'll, we're going to have a, a prayer meeting or a fast or a discussion. And it, The conversion practice comes through those sort of small group conversations. So a little bit under the radar, um, but it's definitely not therapeutic.
1: Mm, So these are practices that are often performed
8: through religious groups
1: or um, gatherings of religious people uh, to try and prevent or try and turn an LGBT person into living as a heterosexual person. Look,
8: and I think that sometimes the sort of colloquial way it's expressed is we're going to pray the gay away. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other way it is... um, We talk about it, and this is the definition actually from the government paper, is a practice or treatment that seeks to change, suppress or eliminate an individual's sexual orientation or gendered identity, and I'm just going to read it straight from the definition here, including efforts to reduce or eliminate sexual and or romantic attraction or feelings towards individuals of the same gender or any efforts to change gender expression as mm-hmm. well, which is quite a broad category, which what might be about, you know, how you talk, what you look like, that how you grow your hair, that kind of thing. So, the government has put out a discussion paper talking about what are the possibilities or how they, how they may ban mm. um, conversion practices. So it is an open debate around whether it's a criminal offence or a civil. Offence mm. um, with regulatory offences like fines, that kind of thing. So yeah, this is a really important discussion for people to have at the moment. Definitely. And and why are conversion practices so damaging? Look, I think from listening to the survivor stories, um, it's very clear that if you you may feel like the person who's paying you attention. And talking to you about these issues has your best intentions at heart. And you might feel like there's a lot of pressure from your family of origin or other community members, whether it's faith community or other areas of your life who are li- who give you messages that there's something wrong or you are broken as someone who has, um, who is L- um, LGBT. So. If you're starting from that point that you think you're broken or there's something wrong with you, it's a particularly damaging thing to then have that reinforced over Mm. weeks and months. And for some people, it's been years of their life. And then to disentangle yourself from that and potentially give up your family or your faith community can be also very challenging for people. And one thing we've talked a lot about in um, the LGBTIQ advocacy that I do um, external to my work at Queer Space and generally, and it's particularly poignant when you think about the Religious Freedom Bill discussion that we're having federally at the moment, which is something else we all need to get our heads around, um, is that if you're queer or trans or non-binary, you can also still be a person of faith. You can also practice your religion or spirituality. You are still able to have all of those intersectional parts of your community and your identity. Um, and so that's something that's really important to um, the work of this conversion practice paper is to consult broadly and to recognize that people can still keep your faith. Yeah. But it's if there's a practice within it that's about conversion practices, then it's just about that practice. It's yeah. not that you have to get rid of your faith at all. Yeah, definitely. So
1: you've come in to talk about conversion practices, partly because there's a public consultation happening. Just to sort of start us off, in Victoria, what is the current law regarding conversion practices, if there is any at all?
8: <laughs> so the current inquiry, or I guess it's a discussion paper sort of consultation process, came out of two um, papers that were Delivered last year. So one was um, the Health Complaints Commissioner conducted a a report into and was an inquiry into conversion therapy, which um, really tried to listen to the voices of survivors to see whether or not they, um, you know, what was what did they want? Did they want it to be a criminal um, process? Did they want it to be a civil process? Um, And then. They also had another paper that was published through the Human Rights Law Centre and Gay and Health Victoria which is part of La Trobe Union now called Rainbow Health which was called Preventing Harm Promoting Justice which again sought the lived experience stories of survivors of and for some people they weren't, they were still in the process but they were able to um, participate in the process so given the law um, doesn't equivocally call it a criminal offence and it it could be a complaint if you wanted to make a complaint, but the likelihood of someone making a complaint is very, very low. Mm. I mean, the likelihood of LGBTQ people making complaints about any health service or medical service is very low anyway. Mm. People just tend to try and find somewhere else or just never go back. So um, it is really... It's just that it's come to light more, even though I've known it's gone on for a long time because there's been a push by survivors to really have it addressed in some way. And in in a large part, it's also about raising awareness in the broader community so people who might see friends or family members going through it could ask the questions and provide advice and support and say there's other ways. There's this bigger community out there. You can go to Switchboard. You can go to Queer Space, Thorn Harbour Health. You could go to a practice... Um, and talk about your feelings and be affirmed. And we want that community side of the discussion to be very um, thorough as well, because that's how we increase people's education about the issue. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And you you touched on the fact that there's a public consultation going on right now. So that public consultation is not about whether or not there should be a law. It's about what that law should constitute. And um, submissions are still open until the 24th of November. What, in your opinion, do you think needs to be in that law to really make it effective?
8: So if anyone is interested, by the way, they can see the discussion paper. You just have to look on Engage Victoria and type in conversion practice and you can read the paper and anyone can put a submission in. You can do it online. But they are at the moment conducting quite thorough consultations across the board, which has been fantastic and a really good chance for people to talk through the issues. Um, they're offering a f- couple of suggestions, and one of them is criminal, one of them is civil, and one is regulatory. So I think it's very tricky to think about a criminal process only, and it would probably require one very brave person and some pro bono law- lawyers <laughs> to say, we'll run that case for you. Um, it could it would be very – like people would, it would be very public um, – And then maybe it would actually be really useful because it would actually publicise and promote the fact that these practices exist and, again, be educative. But it's a big risk to one person to require them and ask to put yourself forward and go through a criminal case. If it was to be civil, maybe you could look down the road of um, regulatory processes where people that were going or organisations that said, well, we, we still are going to engage in conversion practices had to register or had to put a big sign up saying this is what we do, so that anyone participating in that organisation, going there for, for counselling or support or a group activity, was aware that this could be an element of the work that they do. Um, and I think it's really important to acknowledge too that at Queerspace we do sometimes see people who are struggling with their gender identity or their sexuality as older people, as younger people, but the process, so they might come in and go, I want you to change me. You know, I don't want this part of myself. But that's not the therapeutic process we would go through necessarily with them because you can't really do it. It's a person's decision, like it's their own individual autonomy. So instead it might be a discussion about affirmation about who you are and more about what else is behind the way that you feel and introducing people to the community that they're part of um, and finding their people for them so that they're in, in a way so that people are supported through whatever journey that they're going through um, But we know that our that many LGBTIQ people at various times in their life do feel an element of Self-hate and there's a lot of public debate that reinforces that unfortunately um, And that's the stigma and discrimination a lot of LGBT people face every day mm. So it's very and and the intersex community as well. I should not um, disclude dis- just not include them so at this stage, where um, the discussion paper looks at models in the US, Canada, Malta and Ireland. So it's really interesting to see all those different models. Um, Malta is quite amazing if anyone has read about what how they go with all their um, diverse sexualities and genders and the way in which they legislate around those. So it's a very interesting discussion paper to read and mm. I do encourage people to, to have a read and think about it if this is something of interest to them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um So if people want to read this discussion paper or if indeed they even want to submit a consultation before the deadline or provide a submission because it's public, so anybody can provide a submission – Um, How can they go about doing that?
8: Look, the quickest way is, like I mentioned earlier, is to go on to Engage, which is a part of the Victorian government whenever they hold public consultations. They put all the papers and timelines up on this one website. So if you just write Engage Conversion Practice, it'll come onto that page. It'll have a copy of the discussion paper and an online form plus a timeline for what the government is expecting to do when the consultation finishes, when they expect to have some legislation drafted um, and what their sort of timeline is internally. So it's a really good process just to cast your eye over how to get involved, who to call and what the timeline is. Um, They are doing consultations at the moment. So if you're part of an LGBTIQ group particularly and you're keen to Talk through the issues with these the government advisers. You could probably call and make a time. I know lots of community groups like Transgender Victoria, Rainbow Families Victoria, um, Y Gender, and other groups have been asked to particularly have a consultation with these government advisers. But sometimes it's easier to talk through things and have a discussion that, than sit and write. Mm. So it is. Um, due by November the 24th as you mentioned but well worth even putting a few thoughts down you don't have to answer all the questions you can just answer one or two or even just write what your concerns or thoughts are Mm. and particularly if you know someone who's a survivor and this is something you could help them to do telling personal stories is incredibly powerful and that's how we often we change hearts and minds so if someone's prepared to do that I would you know it would be amazing yeah Definitely. Felicity Marlowe from Queerspace, thank you so much for coming in to talk about conversion practices and the public consultation that is currently underway. That is a pleasure. And I did just want to say if anyone was feeling like this discussion has raised anything or triggered anything for them that they should consider calling Switchboard. Um, for free counselling which is the lgbti counselling service or contacting the brave network as well which is a fantastic group for lgbti people of faith and they're doing a lot of advocacy and support thank you no worries
2: But this one knows better than... Trust them, trust me. And she pulled in my stitches one by one, moved in my inside clicking a tongue and said this will all have to come undone. Although my old self was hard to find You can bathe me in your finest wine But I'll never give you mine Cause I'm a little bit tired of fearing that I'll be the bad fruit nobody buys Tell me, did you think we'd all dream the same? Doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't that hit you close to home? Doesn't that make you shiver? The way things could have gone and doesn't it feel peculiar?
1: Good morning. You are listening to Tuesday Breakfast on 3CR. The time is 8.15am. Just before we heard two very, very classic songs. We had Get Your Freak On by Missy Elliott and we, did we not? Oh, I thought we did. Oh, with Missy, oh we have, we had have some by Missy Higgins. I did I you know what I have I'm only about one quarter of the way through my first coffee of the day so my brain is dead we had some songs and um they were really really great um the most recent one we just had that was um Alicia Keys, Alicia Keys. it was Alicia Keys mm. thank you I knew it was Alicia Keys but I can't remember the name of the song look again quarter of a coffee so a
3: terrible excuse but
1: okay I know I and after, after I laid into everybody for not for not knowing <laughs> for not remembering Hill, your name for, for, not, like, yeah, for not remembering my name I one point you referred to me as Ayan. That you said, "As Ayan said," and I was like, "Well, no, I said it. I'm sitting right here, Anya. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. As, as you can see, I'm just deflecting my mistakes mm. by being by being cruel, lashing out. This is what I do. Anyway, right now in the studio we have another one of our delightful monthly month or well, brand new monthly. Thing. It's the monthly union update from Laura. Good morning, Laura. Good morning. <laughs> so, Laura McLean, who has been on our show before, is, by her own words, a deadly Wiradjuri woman, and she really, really is deadly. <laughs> I can attest to that. Um, who is a trade unionist. Um, an anti-fascist and just an all-round awesome person with pretty much the best mullet in the world oh you're too kind (laughs) yeah really is the reason why I kind of think mullets are okay because she's shown me that they're amazing. Like, some no, people can pull them is off. amazing. There'll be a photo on Instagram later of Laura's mullet, <laughs> just, just her mullet, and that's it. It's going to be fantastic. But we're not on here to talk about mullets. Laura, we are on to talk about a bit of a union update about some of the uh, work strikes that are going on at the moment. So, what work strike or strikes are happening right now?
5: Um, there's a few campaigns going on at the moment. I'm probably just going to talk about three sort of um, big ones. Um, and I guess start with what's happening right now at Melbourne Uni with NTU Casual Workers. Um, it's been an ongoing campaign and it's actually really exciting to see um, the NTU engage with um, rank and file members and grassroots campaigns so heavily around this. Um, you know, it's really taking it back to like old school unionism and making sure that it's like super, um, yeah, super member led and member driven, which is what We always want to see, and we talk about how do we achieve that, and I think the NTU is doing a really good job of that at the moment, especially at Melbourne Uni with casual staff um, and casual tutors, Um, and they've actually um, grown their um, casual density immensely um, over the course of this campaign. I was talking to one of the organizers last night and he said, oh, you know, um, it's always said that casuals are like impossible to organize, but clearly they're not. Um, and this campaign is sort of proof of that, which is super exciting. So I'll just give a bit of a background. Um, this campaign's about a few things, um, at the moment. Primarily, um, it's stuff about unpaid lecture attendance. Um, and there's a lot of wage theft going on as well with casual um, tutors at Melbourne Uni. So, um, over the past two Fridays, they've had two rallies. Um, At the most recent one, they occupied the Dean's um, office after the rally, which was a bit unexpected. It wasn't really planned for, um, but member-run and member-driven, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what they ended up doing, which is super exciting, um, because they had a petition um, that they wanted the Dean to sign. The Dean was told by HR that Um, He shouldn't come out and do that, Um, but since then he has um, reached out, and HR have reached out, and they've set up some meetings. So we've got some meetings coming up um, this Thursday and Friday, Um, and they'll be meeting with HR, but these aren't really just like HR meetings. These are going to be more like bargaining meetings. And uh, the NTU is encouraging as many members and staff and students, everyone who can come along to come along, um, because it's really important that it is grassroots and um, that these meetings aren't, like, behind closed doors and Mm -hmm. that it actually is engaging with the members, Mm -hmm. um, because it's the members who are going to be impacted.
1: So the NTU is
5: the... NTE. It's hard to say fast. National, (laughs) National
1: National Tertiary Educators Union. Yes. And... So people can find them online, on Facebook, and there'll be information about those meetings for anyone to attend, not just members?
5: Um, I think it's just members
1: okay.
5: <laughs> um, and students as and well. students, yeah. Yeah, members and students, um, because, yeah, that's... You know, how unionism works, you represent your yep, members. <laughs> <absolutely>. <laughs> um, yeah, but you can jump on Facebook. They have a really good video, um, of the rally from last Friday. Mm. Um, and there's a few good speeches in there and stuff that you can check out. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a really amazing campaign. Like there's, mm. A lot of issues going on at the moment at Melbourne Uni, so it's going to be a really long campaign. It's probably going to go well into 2020. Mm. Um, But, yeah, just the fact that they're starting to address it and actually have all of this engagement by... um, casual workers is amazing
1: yeah absolutely that's fantastic
5: yeah um in other union news i have a couple of wins um so i was originally going to come in this morning to talk about a chicken strike <laughs> um, which i was really excited to talk so about that's not
1: chickens going on strike it's <laughs> not chickens
5: going on strike <laughs> it was golden farms workers mm. who were going to be going on strike um and they're going to be going on strike, I think, early this morning or last night. Um, but last night, I just got an update um, hours before um, they were due to go on strike. Um, Golden Farms um, reviewed and offered the workers a revised offer, um, and the workers voted it up because it was really good. So basically, it's a huge win. Um, basically, the key point is that um, for the members it's ensuring that when the company relocates, um, NUW members will be able Uh, will be able to choose between a secure union job at the new site, or they can volunteer for an increased redundancy if the move is too far away for them. They also won a 3% pay increase for the first year, a 2.75% pay increase for the second year, and a 2.5% increase for the third year, which is really good. Mm. Um, And they smashed the company's claim for forced public holiday work, so people won't be forced to work on public holidays. So, yeah, fantastic. Amazing. I know, but I was really looking forward to the chicken strike because mm. there's going to be like placards with like clever puns, like chicken-related puns yeah, on them. Like off. <laughs> yeah, like cluck off. Yeah, like cluck off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure there'll be more chicken strikes in the future. I really hope so because yeah. it's
5: kind of like so much fun. We're like gone and like hung out on that picket line because it would have been excellent. Um, but it's a really good win for N U W workers. So that's super exciting. Um, and another good win that I just have to um, bring up that needs to be celebrated is um, over the past months in October. City of Maribyrnong council workers, who are ASU members, uh, were campaigning and taking industrial action um, uh, during their um, enterprise negotiations. It was really good. Um, The council was trying to take away retrenchment provisions. Um, They wanted to keep those, which is super, super awesome for ASU members. They got a job security clause in there to combat all of the agency exploitation that goes on. Hobson's Bay Council just voted up their ballot to take industrial action and Ballarat just voted down a shit EBA as well um, that was put forward by the council. Um, And there was, like, heaps of media pressure to, like, accept that deal. Um, But sort of, like, Yeah, so that's sort of, like, what's happening there, which is, like, really good work by ASU members and um, ASU organisers and stuff. Um, But, yeah, the City of Maripanong thing was really cool because my friend Austin worked on that, and I was just like, yes. It's just
1: so exciting. It's just so wonderful to hear strikes and industrial action Mm. having genuine outcomes and results, and it's things that we don't hear enough in the media either. Yeah. We only hear about it when it's, you know, the media deciding to to bash trade unionists, basically, of as opposed to raising up the importance of the trade unions.
5: Well, I think there's probably an underlying reason for that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the media don't want to celebrate our trade union wins because, you know, it shows that we have power as mm. workers.
1: Absolutely. And
5: that's what, you know, being union is all about, so... Um, Yeah.
1: (laughs) Mm. The moral of that story is join your union. Join your union,
5: (laughs) especially if you're a woman. Strong unions need strong women, Mm. you know. We've seen all throughout history, like, the majority of, like, our gains and wins have been, like, led by women, you Mm. know. Majority of, like, revolutions have been woman-led, like, you know. Mm. Strong unions need strong women. Get involved. Get in on it. <laughs> um, and <laughs> if you're wanting to get involved as well, or if you're currently a union member who's not particularly active um, at the moment through Victorian Trades Hall, we are union. Um, they um, we are having our local community union meetings um, once a month. So we have a We Are Union Brunswick group. Um, we're meeting this Thursday afternoon um, at 7 p.m. at the Charles Weston Hotel. So if you're a union member who lives in Brunswick, please come along. Um, but if you want to find your local We Are Union group and get involved, you can go to the Victorian Trees Hall website, um, and there's like a list of them there, which is pretty cool.
1: Fantastic. Well, Laura McLean, thank you so much for coming in to talk about the union update, and we'll see you next month.
5: Thanks so much for having me. QR Code is an
3: LGBTIQA plus health podcast made by queers. Across eight episodes, hear us engaging with our communities, discussing diverse and intersecting topics. On In Your Face on the last Friday of every month, or download from 3cr.org.au forward slash QR Code.
10: And follow us on Facebook at QR Code 3CR. Funded
4: by the City of Yarra.
0: Or simply post your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. And be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to.
2: Six years beyond the bars is 3CR's annual prison project giving voice to our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander inmates right across Victoria
7: it's good to be here with us Aboriginal radio and um, you don't really get to do this much
1: the time we have for now for Tuesday Breakfast on 3CR that was unionized by the Redskins but apparently according to Laura the wrong version. Um, Other than Laura the um, anarchist punk, anarchist punk expert we also had Felicity Marlow from Queerspace speaking about conversion practices and a recording of a speech from Blockade Imark as well as some really in-depth discussion about Q&A and the ABC investigation. Mm,
3: Because we were so busy ranting about all the important things in the world we didn't play the um, trans-feminism panel audio today but stay tuned because next week we will Um, and thank you for sticking with us and see you next week.